For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Just before pitchers and catchers were due to report, the National Baseball Hall of Fame hosted virtual voices of the game, Peter Gammons and Bob Costas on Jim Cott, who will be inducted on July 24th. It was a great discussion about the pitching and broadcasting great, and I encourage you to check it out on the Hall's YouTube channel. In this episode, we'll focus on Gammons and Costas themselves and their experience as winners of the 2004 Baseball Writers Association of America Career Excellence Award and the 2018 Ford C. Frick Award, respectively. Costas described the setting four years ago and how one of the greatest catchers of all time welcomed him, as he welcomes all new inductees, into the community. I had more than 30 family and friends uh, who were there at my invitation. And having been to Cooperstown many times before, including on Hall of Fame weekend, I made it clear to them that you don't want to show up just for the ceremony. You want to be here or there uh, a few days before to soak it all in and to have that experience of when you walk into any restaurant, whether it's on Main Street or my favorite spot, Boomingo, just outside uh, where the Hall of Fame is. You don't have to have made... uh, a plan with anybody. You walk in and here's Ryan Sandberg sitting over there and here's Jim Rice over there and here's Ozzie Smith and Eddie Murray and George Brett. And what's really wonderful about it is you can sense the fraternity and it's very touching. And Peter has had this experience as a writer when a ball player greets you as hello hall of famer, Even though we're in a different wing, and rightly so, we're not in that gallery with the plaques. We don't belong there. We're in our own wing of writers and broadcasters. But even in some sense, to be part of the Hall of Fame and to be a small part of the history of the game that has meant so much to me since I can first remember, since I was a little kid. And then the other part of that experience is uh, same kind of idea on the veranda at the Oda Saga where Johnny Bench famously calls each new Hall of Famer over to sit with him on the rocking chair overlooking the lake. And the new Hall of Famer, unless he's heard about it from someone else, doesn't quite know what the meaning of this is until Johnny says, I just want you to sit here for five minutes. Neither one of us is going to say a word. Think about the journey, the life in the game that has brought you to this point. Look around at the other people that you're now joining in the Hall of Fame for eternity. Think about what that means to you. Um, It may sound corny to people who aren't really invested in the game, but it meant everything to me. Costas described his speech and how the moment was about the game and its players, not him. I wrote a good portion of it, and I ad-libbed another portion of it. And the ad-libbing part came after I'd gotten a few laughs with stories about Bob Uecker and, and others. And it was pretty comfortable for me. And I looked out, large gathering, um, you know, a lot of people had flooded into Cooperstown. I think there were six ball players the next day on Sunday. 
uh, and the writers and broadcasters have a separate ceremony on Saturday. But there's a very large crowd there, but I recognized many of the faces as I looked out uh, at the audience. But also what's very, on the one hand, it's a little bit daunting, but for me, it was more affirming. There were some 80 Hall of Famers on that stage behind me. And so many of them, you know, as you, they sit you in the front row, not because you're important, but because it's your year to make a speech. Um, and some of them, you know, kind of patting you on the back or go get them. And, uh, after it was over, I remember just randomly, maybe because they were closest to me, Jim Tomey and uh, Ricky Henderson both hugged me afterwards. Um, and if, if for anything beyond congratulations, I think it was because I tried to make my speech an appreciation of the game and an appreciation of the part that broadcasting plays in the history of the game and in people's memories of the game. Um, I would say that 90% of it was about other people and about the game itself, and only 10% of it was about me. And that 10% was just kind of how I got there and how lucky I am to be part of it. Um, so I, I guess that maybe through the years, having watched some of the broadcasts and then that day having been reminded of my feelings about the game. Um, it's touching to know that people within the game view you and I'm sure Peter has had this experience and then I'll shut up. One of my earliest and most uh, important memories to me when I started doing the baseball game of the week in the early eighties with Tony Kubek and you'd hang around the scouts or talk to the managers or players at, at the batting cage. And when somebody says, you're a baseball man, that's a high compliment, especially because I did so many other things in my career. But baseball was always the one that mattered the most to me, which is not to diminish the Olympics or the NBA on NBC, which I loved and all the other things I was lucky enough to do. Um, when, when somebody says, you're a baseball man, we get that this is your game more so than any other. That, that really resonated with me. And, and I guess that the audience certainly, and maybe even some of the Hall of Famers themselves, uh, sensed that that was my feeling about the game. Like Costas, Gammons realized it was about the players, but it's also about the fans, one of whom let him break news at the trade deadline after he received a text from a future Hall of Fame executive. I was really lucky because I, the, the writer award, you still received it the same day on the same stage as the players who went in. And that, and that year, Ryan Sandberg and Wade Boggs. But I remember being very nervous and thinking, uh, you know, and looking out. I mean, it looks like Woodstock when you look out there at, at all the crowd. And But I had Kirby Puckett and George Brett sitting right behind me. And all during Ryan Sandberg's speech, they were leaning over saying to me, Peter, just remember, the only thing anyone's going to remember is what you screw up. I mean, they were kneeling me. And I, I actually was laughing. And then Theo Epstein had sent me a, a text uh, saying, oh, by the way, we're definitely not trading Manny Ramirez. So I get up to go nervously up to the podium and some wonderful a leather lung fan from New England yells out, hey, Peter, is Manny going to be traded? You know, <laughs> I, I pulled out my, my, little, my little device and said, no, actually, I could break this so he is not being traded. And then, and then all of a sudden I looked up and just went, this is 
one of the great moments of my life. And I just, you know, really, it wasn't that difficult to do that speech because it was from the heart. I mean, and, you know, I, I think as I stood there and, and, and realized, you know, and I, I think I use this in my speech. I mean, in the end, it's all about the players. And when it's all about the players, it's it's very easy to talk about players, not about oneself. And so it was it was a joy. And at the end of it, um, there had been many years that had passed since I had talked to Eddie Murray. And it was, you know, it was one of those things that happened. Someone told him that I said something, and Eddie was very private and and thought that I had said this. So I'm going down the ramp after uh, following the players and Eddie is standing in the middle of, of the ramp and he walks up to me and gives me a hug and he said, you know, this game could make us silly sometimes. Have I been silly or I said, no, you know, we're here. This is, this is just a great moment for me and especially for someone I admire so much. So it's, it, uh, it just is absolutely just a, but one time in my life have that opportunity. It was, it was one of the greatest days I've ever experienced. A humble gammons relished reporting that day because that's what got him to the Hall of Fame. There are people that were kind enough, uh, not family. That, I mean, people were just fans who came up there, and you know that's what I that's what I do. I answer their I answer questions or whatever, and in, in some ways it was sort of that's what I do for a living. I got to do what I do. That's why I'm there. So I got to do what I do, and it, and uh, it was it was actually funny, and it, it got a, it got a pretty big laughter at the time. But it was really fun just to have that happen, and uh, and to have two of my favorite people that I ever covered, George and, and and Kirby, in back of me, needling me, making fun of me the whole time, really did help me immensely. Costas says that he and Cot likely will call eight to twelve games this year on MLB Network. When asked whether they could do more games together, Costas used a couple of sports analogies to describe this stage of his career, comparing himself to the Syracuse alum who succeeded him in his roles at NBC. As long as they didn't have to fly cross-country, you know, Jim's, Jim's in his mid-80s. I'm going to be 70 uh, by opening day. I, I think it's a young 70, but I don't know that I want to be crisscrossing. I'm watching what Mike Tirico is doing now as we speak. And I used to do whatever the equivalent was. In effect, Mike has succeeded me in many of those roles at NBC. And he's flying from Beijing to Stanford, Connecticut, and then from Stanford, Connecticut to, to uh, Los Angeles to host the Super Bowl and all the jet lag factored in. And I remember when I used to do that, uh, when I went from the NBA to baseball, from baseball to the Olympics, back to baseball for the postseason, all in the space of a few weeks and months. Uh, I'm glad I did it. But there comes a time when that's, you know, in your rearview mirror. And, uh, you know, I think that I think I'm at a point and Jim may be too. Uh, think of a guy who's toward the end of his NBA career and he can be just as good for 20 minutes as he used to be for 40 minutes. But if you play him 30, <laughs> the production starts to go down yeah. per minute. So I think, I think I'm, you know, I, I don't need as many now mixed, mixed sports. I don't need as many at-bats. If my batting average is going to be uh, equal to my lifetime batting average, I need fewer at-bats. Costas looks forward to returning to Cooperstown this summer as he returns the favor of Cott, who attended his induction four summers ago. I am absolutely going to make it, 
and Jim Cott is among the many reasons. Jim uh, came to Cooperstown in 2018 with his wife, Margie, uh, for my induction, and I will absolutely be there for his. Gammons plans to be there, too, as he celebrates the induction of another reporter friend. After Gammons talks about a trio of former ESPN colleagues in the hall, Costas emphasizes that point. Then he shares an anecdote about the NBC fraternity that he joined in the Hall of Fame from a time when Sports Illustrated named the Peacock Network the National Baseball Company. I will definitely be there, and hopefully we'll have a terrific um, forum the day after. I mean, I look forward, I naturally look forward to, to David Ortiz. Tony Oliva is just one of my favorite characters over the years. And on the Saturday, um, it's a very important uh, day for me to uh, to have Tim Kirchner uh, honored. Uh, yeah, in of course. And uh, we were the original tr- uh, trio. Jason Stark, Tim Kirchner, and I were um, we're almost like uh, Ted Williams teammates. You know, we we go back a long way, and uh, it's a it'd be, it's be a very important thing, just as it was for Jason two years ago. Now, all three of you, all three of you are now yes. Uh, Riders wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame. So how wonderful is that? You know, uh, it just occurs to me because Peter mentioned that trio. Uh, a few days after my ceremony, and certainly the ceremony wasn't just for me, but the ceremony that I was part of in 2018, I was doing a game on the baseball network with John Smoltz. And Smoltz was talking about watching NBC baseball uh, before he broke into the major leagues. And it occurred to me that there was a time when the broadcasters at NBC doing baseball were Vin Scully, Joe Garagiola, Dick Enberg, Tony Kubek, and me. And all five of us wound up in the broadcaster's wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's that's pretty darn good. Pretty lucky, but also pretty good. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.